Recently, a creature part spider, part scorpion was found in amber. Johnny Depp's just relieved that someone else is actually dating her. <laughs> Sorry, that, that was bad. It could just be hearsay. Um, so I'm going to sit here quietly and drink my mega pint if no one's got any ridiculous objections to that. Shit the bed, that's how you're going to start this week. <laughs> Get a little bit of gasoline. I'm going to make it burn. I'm going to make it burn. Let's go. You are now listening to the You Run podcast, the only horror movie review podcast completely run and controlled, not by me and Mark, your hosts, but by you, our listeners. Hey, Scoob, we're on the radio, bro. You want to die tonight? Zoinks. <laughs> you choose the movies. You score them. You review them. You do it all. Because after all, this is not our show. This is your show. I'm your number one fan, Mr. Man. It's not perfect. It has its problems. The You Run Podcast. It was just weird. I don't know. I guess like a weird vibe. The You Run Podcast. Bitch, you better not forget about me. Don't you ever forget about me. Hey! This is Naomi Grossman, best known as Tucker from American Horror Story. Hi, it's Imitation Dave. Uh, buddy, 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 you son of a bitch. Just make sure you fucking listen. This was fucking incredible. He's the one you need to blame. Get a little bit of gasoline. I'm gonna make it burn. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it burn. Hello, welcome to the Rerun Podcast, I'm the only horror movie review show completely run and controlled by you, the listeners. Uh, my name is Scott. My name is Mark. Uh, and each week we take you through the movies that you have selected or demanded through social media, um, except H4. Fuck that movie. Um, this is a free show. That me- <laughs> uh, this is a free show that me and Mark work hard on every week for your entertainment. Uh, we don't hide anything behind a Patreon wall. We don't ask you to donate money. We don't ask you to buy us a beer or a coffee or anything like that. We do it all for free. All that we ask is you give us a review on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify. Click five stars and write something nice. It's, it's really not that much. Um, some of you have actually done this recently. We've had a couple more reviews. So I'm going to read them out as I said I would. Uh, we've had one in from Lil Lander. Uh, great horror podcast, very different from other podcasts uh, I've listened to, as you can get involved in many different ways, which is really cool. Also very funny and interesting takes on horror films. I think that's fair. I'll take that. I'll take that all day long. Uh, We've also got Catty21. I've never been one for listening to podcasts. However, when my friend Elise told me about this, I decided to give it a go because I love horror and I've never turned back since. I love how brutally honest they are. and They don't sugarcoat anything. They say exactly how they feel while also being fair on what they are reviewing. It's never dull and boring and always keeps me entertained. Again. Very nice. Very mm. kind words. And thank thanks you very Lise much. for repping us out again, as usual. <laughs> I'm guessing that was on the back of Lee saying she would do naked swimming. Someone's given a review. <laughs> Is that where that's coming from? <laughs> I, I think so, yeah. So if anyone doesn't watch us on YouTube, Elisa said if we hit a thousand subscribers, she will swim naked and we will we will find a way to edit that and air it on YouTube. How long do you think it would take me to set up a thousand fake YouTube accounts? I don't think that long. <laughs> uh, so we've got that sort of potential um anyway getting away from that thank you very much catty and little lander for our reviews uh mark who are we following this week it's that time of the week it's time for mark to recommend an account this week's recommended account is dr black um, that's not actually his Instagram handle. His Instagram handle is the.horror.place. There's a lot of accounts out there that do memes and facts and all the rest of it, but this one I find quite different. Um, they always do this usual post like every couple of days where they'll, they'll, they'll post a, a scene from a film. You then have to guess the film, but not only do they do it where you have to guess the film, they give you a rating out of five on difficulty. So whether it's one, extremely hard or if it's five it's extremely easy and so on and so on they share facts they share memes um it's a fun count i always look forward to their content so i figured it was worth sharing with everybody else to do the same yeah so that is sorry i'll do that again that is the dot horror dot place or if you type in dr black i think it would come up right okay okay well i'm going to give that a follow because i don't follow that and I, i i like a meme account yeah, like I say, it's not just solely memes. So it's 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 everything really. They do an all round sort of general horror post them up. So check them out. Okay. Yeah. Cool. I will. Um, this week we're joined by a guest. Uh, our guest today is a YouTuber, a Twitch streamer, a movie reviewer, 
he offers a website that quite honestly is fantastic. Um, this website is incredibly unique because it's a place where podcasts like this show and other creators get to showcase their work um, and he'll share what you've done on his site and with his followers as well which is incredibly unique people don't don't do that there are not that many genuinely nice people who help you grow uh, and he's, he's a fantastic account um, he's even really proficient at corrected my pronunciation of Bill Skarsgård, which I know I've got wrong, and he can correct me in a second. Uh, guest today is none other than Ellis, or as you will probably know him, a Swedish horror nerd. Welcome to the You Run podcast. <laughs> and I was like, you were reading up all of these titles, and I was like, wait, who's talking about And I realised, yeah, that's me. <laughs> it is you. You, you. you do a lot, and you do need to pronounce me. How do I pronounce Bill Skarsgård? Because you, you tore me to pieces after our it episode. <laughs> well technically i have i tore all english speakers to pieces because of their ignorance of other languages but it's the correct <laughs> pronunciation is skoshgord okay i'm gonna try it skoshgord that's pretty good hey mark your turn skoshgord oh no no <laughs> the teacher is unhappy with you skoshgord <laughs> Yeah, as I said earlier, I'm with English, so don't worry. Gord yeah. means yard in Swedish. Okay. And you say guard. So he's not a yard, he's a guard. Right, okay. Okay, that, make, that makes sense now. Um, I will say, though, as English as a general a generalization, we are really bad at learning other languages. So yeah. when you go to countries like Sweden or France or Spain or Italy or anywhere else in Europe, most people there tend to be bilingual. They'll speak their, their native tongue and they will also speak English or they'll speak maybe an Italian person might speak Spanish. Or, and in the UK, we really don't do that. We really are. We speak English and we are the ignorant people abroad just pointing at a beer going, that one, that one, I want that one. Yeah, I do that, but with a slight accent depending on where I am. <laughs> but, but, you it's know... really, really offensive if I think about it. <laughs> don't... Don't change because as as a mainland European, I think I think I'll count as that. Um, we we no longer can feel superior or confuse you, and that sadistic pleasure, like we don't want that taken away from us. So, like... <laughs> <laughs> the first thing I actually want to ask you about is your website. How yeah. did you come up with the idea for your website? Because it's so good. That wasn't me. That was my other half, Linus idea. Oh, really? And design. Not, none of the website is is thanks to me. It's solely thanks to him. He he pitched to me like, why don't we create a website? And I was like, that sounds awesome. And uh, the, the only thing that exists on the website, thanks to me, is the podcast news thing, which I haven't updated in a few days. Uh, I know. Uh, I have done shout outs, uh, but I haven't updated that specifically in a while because I have focused on writing articles and trying to get uh, new writers and stuff like that. Yeah. So your, your site has got lots of articles um, and they're, they're not just solely focused on horror either. So you you'll dip into Marvel and you dip into lots of different subgenres. And it's honestly, there's not another website like yours because you get. There's lots of websites out there that will focus on one thing. Yeah. But yours does that, but it does it in a way where anything that crosses paths with horror mm. gets tied in and kind of has yeah. its own little section. I, I think it's great. Mm. Um, you've also obviously got your Instagram. Yes. You've got a YouTube channel. Uh, yes, but that will, that hasn't been updated in a while. No, a little yes. while. You you do Twitch streaming as well. Yeah, and that and that. That so that sadly had to be cancelled. It might come back in the future. I don't know what happened with it, but something got funky with the sound. So I sounded like a David Lynch character in the Red Room. <laughs> so I don't know what happened. It might come back in the future. I wanted to do them, but uh, the technology gods clearly disapproved of me existing on the Twitch. Maybe Jeff Bezos has a conspiracy against me. 
Yeah. I will never know. <laughs> the, the technology's gods disapprove of this podcast every week. You should see the hours I spend in editing, shouting at my screen. Oh, God, and you invited <laughs> me here. I curse every piece of technology I go nearby. Oh, fantastic. Okay. I have, I have, I have managed to convince the most nihilistic people that a curse is real solely because I touch technology. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, well, keep your hands off the computer. Uh, uh, we're we're going um, to get into our movie this week. Yes. Um, so let's not all shit the bed and get overexcited. Uh, we're looking at a Tim Burton classic today. Uh, a movie with a star-studded cast from across the UK and across the pond. Uh, this movie tells the tale of a detective on the hunt for a headless man, who in turn is on a hunt for his head, while being manipulated by an evil woman who's portraying him as the villain, when in fact she is guilty of everything. And no, it's not the Johnny Depp Amber Heard trial. This is Sleepy <laughs> Hollow. I am Constable Ichabod Crane, sent from New York to investigate murder in Sleepy Hollow. How much of your superiors explained to you? Only that the three were slain in open ground, their heads severed from their bodies. Taken by the headless horseman, taken back to hell. He rode a giant black steed to look at him. Made your blood run cold. Even today, the western woods is a haunted place where brave men will not venture. We have murders in New York without benefit of ghouls and goblins. You're a long way from New York, Constable. Is everyone in this village enthralled to superstition? We have many things to talk about, even in this backward place. Excuse my manner. I'm not used to. Female company? Murder! The killed again! The assassin is a man of flesh and blood, and I will discover him. Are you so certain of everything? There's a bit of a witch in you, Katrina. Why do you say that? Because you've bewitched me. Sleepy Hollow kicks things off with a horse-drawn carriage. A uh, man is going down the most Tim Burton road in the history of cinema. Yes. This yeah. has got... Uh, I dread to think how much smoke effect they ploughed into this soundstage for this scene. It's it incredible, was... isn't it? It really is. I mean, the whole thing looks very Tim Burton-esque. This is the most Tim Burton film there is out there, I think. They most surely spent half the budget on dry ice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I <laughs> would say loads. this is probably the most Tim Burton looking movie that he's done that's actually live action. So this is visually on a par with something like A Nightmare Before Christmas. It's on Definitely. that level of Halloween spook. Um, we get the uh, horse-drawn carriage going down the road. Uh, you hear galloping uh, coming from the, the smoke. You hear a, a sword drawn and then you see the guy poke his head out of the carriage and his driver is now headless. Um, he jumps from the moving carriage, runs into a field where he bumps into the, um, the scarecrow, um, which, again, is the most Tim Burton designed scarecrow in cinema history. Uh, and he loses his head as well. It then fades to London, 1779. Uh, where well, we it's, meet not, it's not. It's New York. Is it, it is New York. I it is you know New what? York, because yes. I wanted to say to you, I was like, I don't know if I'm being really undereducated here, but why is everybody so British in this film? Yeah, I, I genuinely thought it was London. They all it have is. English-speaking accents, yet they're all, it's, it's New York. It's set in New York. Well, yeah, it, but that's it, just, I'm, I'm not entirely educated on that part of history, but I'm pretty sure that has to do with it. That's just how people were, because everybody, a lot of people were born in Britain and were immigrants, and like the idea of Americans that we have in our modern sense hadn't really evolved yet because it was such a new culture. Um, yeah, so that, that is probably yeah. actually factually correct. Yeah. yeah. 
because wow. they, they, like I say, they're all very, very English speaking and all very, very English accents are in uh, acted by Johnny Depp and Christina yeah. Ricci. Yeah, they are. And they're obviously we, we, we are now in New York, 1779. <laughs> uh, and this is where we meet Johnny Depp's character, Ichabod Crane, um, as he's fishing a body out of the Thames. They take the body not back the to the, Thames, the not Hudson the Thames, River. the Hudson River. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just so everyone knows, my notes are completely screwed for this episode. Now I will reference London multiple times because someone <laughs> corrects me as I do it. Uh, I will correct you, no problem. <laughs> thank you. Uh, they take the body back to the police station uh, where Ichabod Crane wants to do an autopsy. I love the police in this. The way they depict the police, I know is accurate for the time. But it's done in such a good way. He's like, yeah. well, we need to investigate how he died. He's like, well, they found him in the river. He drowned. Yeah. Like, well, but only if he has water in his lungs. Oh, you want to cut this man up? No, burn him. That's that's far better. Let's burn him. Yeah. Um, I like the way they they. I like Johnny Depp's character in this a lot. He's so quirky. He kind mm. of he's somewhere between. Edward Scissorhands and the Sweeney Todd character he plays. Ichabod Crane sits in between those two. I think he's brilliant. We jump straight from this scene into the courtroom uh, where we get Sir Christopher Lee, um, yes. who is the only person who can make sitting in a judge's chair iconic. Yes, because he was a walking icon. <laughs> so the, the second Christopher Lee speaks, he yeah. is so powerful instantly yeah. did you know when they shot uh, return on the king um peter jackson was like hey, do you have any ideas how a human sounds when they get stabbed in the back and he was like of course i know how a human sounds when they get stabbed in the back i have witnessed it so i i will just replay the sound from my memory no problem wow he was also one of the last uh, people to witness up the um, he witnessed the last public execution in France in 1939. Wow. Uh, when he was 17 years old. He, he went out to, uh, to lunch with a friend. And after lunch, they said like, oh, shall we go and watch the execution? I was like, yeah, sure. And that was the last public execution. It was still in the furthest in France. It was like, it was a normal thing to like, you grab lunch, you watch the guy get his head chopped off, and then you got to work. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. Well, I, I think Christopher Lee would be on my, if I could have five dinner party guests, I think Christopher Lee would be on that that list because well, he's... Definitely. Yeah. Um, Ichabod is trying to convince the court to consider, instead of torturing the people in the courtroom, um, to actually investigate the crimes uh, by using technology to and science to solve the crimes. Christopher Lee doesn't buy this at all. Uh, and he gives him a choice. He can either cool off in the cells or travel upstate to Sleepy Hollow. Uh, to prove his techniques by solving a series of murders where three victims have been beheaded. He didn't really give him a choice here at all. No. No. <laughs> he was like, this is your chance to prove yourself, so off you go. <laughs> yeah, do you, I got the impression this was a, we're giving this to prove yourself, but it was more a Christopher Lee knew what was going on, and it was a, you're going to go and die and not bother me in my courtroom no more. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was being banished, wasn't he, pretty much? Yeah. Yeah, and if Christopher Lee in his deep toned voice told me I was going upstate to investigate murders. But yeah, fine. <laughs> get, get my carriage. I'll go now. He arrives in Sleepy Hollow, uh, makes his way to the Van Tassel property uh, where there is a party in full swing. Um, he gets an unintentional kiss from Katrina Van Tassel, Christina Van, Christina Ricky. Um, her boyfriend, Brom is really, really annoyed at this. Uh, so they're playing a game where she's blindfolded and she's, singing something about a witch and who she's going to she's going to kiss get a kiss from the pickety witch yes. and she ends up kissing Ichabod Crane um, and her boyfriend is like the next in line and he's not very happy um, I mean this is just a little kiss on the cheek as well and this guy loses his shit yeah I, it, do you know it was really bugging me as well because I recognised him and I couldn't place him um, it's a dude from Starship Troopers isn't it yeah yeah plays uh, jo Johnny Rico but it, it took me three quarters of the film to play and I had that moment where I kind of jumped up and went I know who it is <laughs> <laughs> um, after this encounter he meets um, the Emperor from Star Wars Yes. Uh, he meets Alfred from the original Batman, uh, Dumbledore and Uncle Vernon from Harry Potter and finally he meets Ed Rooney from Ferris Bueller's Day Off 
Um, these are the these are the town elders. Um, I, I've told you the films they're in just to give you a snippet of the star power they crammed into this movie. It, the cast is outstanding. It's just Tim Burton is a massive fanboy, and at this point in his career, he was rich and powerful, so he could just get the people he wanted. And I'm sure, like he, these these are definitely the people he grew up watching. Uh, so it must have been just an incredible experience to sit down and work with them. Yeah, and Tim Burton, if you look at, in fact, look across all of Tim Burton's movies, his cast lists are always good. Yes. There's never, there's never a movie where it's Tim Burton stamped and you look at it and go, oh, that cast isn't great. And his casting is outstanding. The elders meet with Ichabod and they explain to him that the killings have been committed by the headless horseman. And Ichabod's kind of, he tries laughing it off, but you can tell as they're telling the story, he's getting a bit jittery. And we get a, a flashback scene, which tells us the, it basically tells us the back plot of the, yes. the Headless Horseman. Um, so he was a, a, he was a mercenary in, in war. Um, he got hunted down into the woods. Um, he come across two girls, which made him stop and pause. Uh, and shortly after that, he, he met his demise. He was decapitated and buried with his head in the woods. That's the Hessian. Yeah. How shocked were you when it was Christopher Walken on a first watch? Yeah, I was amazed. I mean, Christopher Walken's a legend. So to see him in this role as well was, was cool. It was cool. I mean, this scene alone, like when you're chasing him through the woods and he has the, the sort of battle with the with the army men. I mean, mm. it's very graphic and violent, this film. And I'm pretty sure I recall this only being a 12A. No, it's, um, it's R. It's uh, 15 in the UK, R in the United States. Oh, really? I think it's I 15 it was... over here too. Yeah, yeah. I, for, thought was, I thought it was lower than that for some reason. For for me personally, I, I was so young the first time I, I saw this. I, this could potentially be the first time. It was this or Catch Me If You Can. Was it was one of those that was my first Christopher Walken movie that I watched. Uh, so I'm not. Sh- I don't have a good memory first time watching it. This movie for uh, me and my family is like the Halloween tradition. So I watch this every Halloween and I've done since like 10, 10, 11. I watched a lot of violent movies at a far too young age. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so I, I don't have like a, I don't have a good memory of like, oh, wow, that's Christopher Walken. I don't think I ever thought that the first time I watched this. First time I thought it was like, oh, that guy's cool. He's screaming. Yeah, he's really cool as well. And he's got literally no dialogue in this. He, he says nothing. Next Speaking to of per- perfect casting. Yeah. You throw Christopher Walken in and all he does is... <laughs> <laughs> it's the Frankenstein's monster on a bender. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Ichabod is put up in the, the Van Tassel house for the night after he's met with the elders. That night, there's a, another murder. Um, this time, the victim is Jonathan Masbeth. Um, and Ichabod rides out with the elder, meets the elders out at the body um, to investigate the, the crime scene. I love this because this is when you really, truly realise that Ichabod's not really got a clue what he's doing and he's incredibly squeamish. Yeah, and yeah. it just kind of comes back to what you were saying earlier about him, him being the perfect Burton character, the way he's a bit Edward hands and a bit, what was the one you said, uh, Sweeney Todd? Yeah. Like, he, he's very contrasting when he pulls up and everybody stood around the body and he's he's trying to also, uh, trying to sort of present authority and to everybody else, but then every time he turns away and nobody can see his face, you can see he's actually, like, panicking and, shit, what do I do? What do I do? It's really, yeah. really well done. Yeah. Really well done. And it's it, it's a, a testament to how good an actor he is, that he can jump off a horse and he jumps off the horse very much. Don't worry, I am here, out of the way. And then he gets <laughs> over to the body and he's turning away. And you can see he's going, this is, this is awful. What do I do? How do I, how do, I deal with this? Yeah. Um, but he notes that the decapitation has been cauterized without any burns, uh, which causes all the elders to go, oh, it's the horseman. And you could tell at this point that, that Ichabod Crane's going, no, it's really not. <laughs> this is a man with a really hot sword. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's definitely science versus religion at a at a point in a society where religion rules. Yeah, and it's the common thing. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, after this, we get the the funeral of uh, Jonathan Masbeth, and we get his son come up comes up to Ichabod and basically says, "Look, I, I owe you a, a debt. I, I want to I want to help you. I, I can serve you." Um, and to start off with, Ichabod's like, "No, no, no, no. You, you need to leave me alone." Um, and then he quickly changes his mind when he realizes actually having someone to help me, who knows the town, who knows the people, will probably be good assistance to me. Well, I wanted to just yeah. quickly point about the young Masbeth because, I mean, you've been to my town, haven't you, Scott? It's quite a small town. Yeah. This, when this came out, was a bit of a phenomenon for us around here because the young lad playing young Masbeth is actually from my my local town. Wow. So everyone, so quite a lot of people, I didn't know him because I would have been too young, maybe. But I know there was talks of who he was and everyone was like, oh, yeah, that kid, he's in this film, and the new Donnie Depp film. Rah, 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 rah. I don't know what happened to his career after this, but... I haven't seen him around the town since. He must be doing well. <laughs> I'm guessing he's sat in a Hollywood mansion right now. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So just a fun little fact. Yeah, he's literally grew up about three or four streets away from my house. Wow. And works, if, and if works Mark, at the Starbucks. Yeah, all works at Starbucks. Uh, and if, <laughs> if, if Mark Stalker's listening, that's a very good way to locate him. <laughs> <laughs> yes, okay. I'm decided I'm going to move. <laughs> uh, right. Give it a tip. At the funeral uh, by Uncle Vernon um, from Harry Potter, uh, Ichabod finds out that there are four bodies in three graves. Yes. Um, and he decides to exhume the bodies um, and discovers that the widow Winsheaf was pregnant. The scene where he goes and does the, the autopsy on her, when he steps back out into the, the town square, he opens the door and he's literally caked from head to toe in blood. Yes. And everyone's shocked and he's like, the Widow Winshift was with child. That is one of the best scenes in this film. The acting quality in that three-second yeah. scene is outstanding across the board. And you also get the very red uh, red blood of this movie. Because, like, that autopsy scene isn't scientifically correct. Like, the fact that it squirts into his eye and it's, like, all that clear red. Yeah. That isn't scientifically possible. But... Um, uh, I have seen people, mainly the nostalgic critic on YouTube, uh, that he he said that this that blood and other stuff is a love letter to the Hammer films of the fifties and sixties, and you can definitely see that because yeah. the tone of blood that the red has has um, is the same tone as Christopher Lee's Dr- Dracula from nineteen fifty eight. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, no, I definitely noticed that. Yeah, I, I I didn't. I I knew it wasn't correct, but I just went, "That's oh, Burton." But yeah. <laughs> Burton gets a lot of passes for me. Um, I'm a huge Tim Burton fan, and even when he does things that I go, "Oh, that wasn't so great," I kind of go, "That wasn't so great," but it's Tim Burton's. So it's fine. And I, I, I there's a lot of I will brush over a lot of things that Tim Burton does. Mm. Where if it was another director, I'd go, "I hate that." Uh, and I I think that's because he's established such a great back catalogue that heavily influenced my love of horror things like same here beetlejuice and all these movies that are ingrained into me and they're part of my like, annual watch i think because of that in my eyes there's he would really have to go some to do wrong yeah. in my eyes i think after he's um, after we've had this scene uh, we jump to night uh, ichabod is riding back to his quarters and he's apl- approached by a black horse and a headless rider uh, it rides towards him, throwing a, a pumpkin uh, at his chest, which was yes. um, uh, emulated in The Nightmare Before Christmas, where Jack was dancing with the flaming pumpkin head. Yeah. And that is a reference for, from the 1949 cartoon made by Walt Disney. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. No, I didn't know that either. This is Katrina's boyfriend, who's still feeling pissed off, um, playing a prank, um, Ichabod hears them laughing in the distance before he faints, um, where we get a f- the first flashback of his mother, uh, where he's he's dancing with her and he's walking into their 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 house um, and she's burning some herbs. Uh, we also get the first look of the cardinal in the cage. Um, there's a cardinal that's in his dream in a bird cage in his house. A man walks past the window and makes him jump, and he wakes from his dream. Um, he goes downstairs and finds Katrina, uh, where they they hit it off straight away. Um, and she takes him out to their old family home um, and she spots strange markings on his hands. I, I don't know how best to describe these markings if someone's not seen this film. Um, 
did, what sort of things that like you lay down on your back, like with the nails poking out, that's supposed uh, to be really good. Bed, bed of nails. But, but yeah, imagine yeah. just putting your hands on a bed of nails for a couple of seconds and taking them off and having an imprint on them. Yeah. That would be the only way I could describe it, I think. Yeah, that's yeah. a good description. Yeah, so the, he's got these marks on, a, on his hands. He kind of brushes them off and says, I, I, I've had them as long as I can remember. Um, she shows him the family home, which is actually, it's a broken down room now. And they learn that they both learnt to draw in the ashes of the fire. So in his flashback to his childhood, he was learning to write in the ash of the fire. And Katrina tells him that she'd done the same. Um, and he pulls out a, a card with some string attached to it. On one side is a birdcage and on the other side is a cardinal. And he's spinning it. So it gives the illusion that the bird is in the birdcage. And she's amazed by this, like, it's, oh, it's magic. And he's like, no, no, my dear, it's optics. Again, science, science yeah. yes. <laughs> um, again, it's such an apt trick for that time in history. Yeah. As these things were being discovered, optical illusions and effectively magic tricks were becoming yeah. big entertainment in the late 17, early and, 1800s. And this is... This is uh... 60 years before uh, the creation of the ghost photography, which was a stunt that people pulled, which was basically they discovered that if you take a picture of a person and lay a layer of another picture of that person, it looks like a ghost standing behind them, an optical illusion. Uh, so that was used throughout the 1860s and 1870s to take pictures of people and then you it, then a dead loved one would stand behind them as a ghost and would be like comforting for them like oh your dead loved ones are still with you but in reality it was an optical illusion and um, of like they had taken a got a hold of a photograph of um, their dead loved ones and then like oh, well today we would call it photoshop a very yeah, primitive yeah. version of photoshop and Put it in, um, put it in the background, but made it look like it's, it's um, yeah, it's the one one photo. They've merged the images. Yeah, together. they merged the two, and yeah. this is sixty years before that. Yeah, that, that that's cool, and I, I've seen loads of those ghost photos. And if yeah. people hasn't haven't seen them, go and have a look because they are. You would buy that that that's real. Yeah, yeah. After this, they go back into. Sleepy Hollow, um, as they're returning in, uh, Ichabod catches uh, Uncle Vernon uh, trying to leave uh, and confronts him, basically goes, where, where are you running off to? With this, the horseman arrives. I Ichabod has a... <laughs> the horseman arrives and kills Uncle Vernon. Uh, Ichabod has what I can only describe as a, a mental break at, yeah, at this he point. He freaks out to fuck, man. He, <laughs> he sort of comes into the realisation that this is actually happening. Yeah, and again, this realisation is... Is brilliant. So we get <laughs> we get another dream sequence where he sees his his mother again uh, dancing in the the blossom of a tree while he's passed out. Um, we then get a flashback of her being accused of being a witch, and him being taken away. Um, we then get a flash of her eyes in what looks like a stood vertical stood esophagus, um, and Ichabod wakes up again. He's motivated after the dream. He's kind of come to terms with right. This is real. I'm going to go and catch the headless horseman now um but i love the scene he has with the the elders he turns around and he goes it was a horseman he was headless and they're like we told you he's like but but he was a bad on a horse with that head yes we all told you that's what it was <laughs> good so good um so after he he has this dream and he, he comes downstairs and he's motivated he stands on the stairs and he gives this rousing speech of how he's going to catch the horseman and who's with me and he just gets silence. Everyone just stares at him. Mm. And if I was in that town and I'd seen the Headless Horseman ride in multiple times, I would be stood in silence as well. I would not yeah. be going into the woods no, with no. him. Um, uh, you see, I would be curious. I would be gone. I would be there. We've realised so many times, you die instantly in horror movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you, you are the guy who dies in the opening credits. You're the one yeah. that comes up before it hits the title card. I'm not walking the first <laughs> yeah, Christopher Walker would get you. Young Masbeth uh, volunteers, uh, and they ride off into the woods where they quickly happen upon a, a witch. She takes, you do. yeah, uh, she takes Ichabod into her her witch's hut uh, and tells the boy to leave and says, 
whatever you hear, do not come back. Um, where she then performs a, a ritual where she's, I could never, I, I've watched this film a million times. Is she possessed by a spirit or is she possessed by the horseman? I couldn't work that out either. Um, unclear. Highly yeah. unclear. Yeah. What is it? I don't know because what she does, she, she gives him insight into where the, the burial ground of the horseman is, doesn't she? Yeah. For yeah. What reason I... would he, she do that if it was the horseman? I just assumed no. it was like some sort of possession curse thing. I'm not too sure. Yeah. So I'm highly unsure too. Yeah, she, she gives, so she has this possession scene where she, again, she scares the shit out of Ichabod. Uh, she's grabbing his hands and dives on top of him, telling him where the horseman is, is laid to rest. Um, Ichabod comes out of there about a thousand miles an hour. And goes, Come on, Masbeth, we're leaving. Uh, that, that scene scared the living Jesus out of me when I was a kid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. if, if you, it, it, it's packed with jump scares and it's not, it's not a very pleasant scene. No. <laughs> it's really not a nice scene um, as they go off into the, the woods they bump across, bump into Katrina um, and then almost instantly find the resting place of the horseman they find the, the tree where the horseman is buried they dig up the horseman's grave because the, the ground has been disturbed and they find out his skull is missing this is where Ichabod starts to piece things together a little bit and he realises the horseman is being controlled by somebody else from here the horseman arrives from inside the tree. Yes, from the underworld. Uh, yeah, uh, again, I think this this scene, this made me jump first time watching and got me this time as well. Yeah, when the, yeah the it's horse a really, really out. cool effect. It's a really it, cool effect. It is, and the CGI in this is dated well. It, it still looks... It, incredible, yeah. yeah. Better than most modern stuff that you would see today. This really, really does look good. And yeah. I, I like this point on the film as well, where they dig up the horseman, because it's all of a sudden from this point onwards, it's now a who's done it. Yeah. yeah. And you're second guessing every other character and their involvement in the story as it unravels. And it, it really does take a change from this point, which I really liked. Yeah, it, it takes a, a completely different shift. So up until this point, it's very much a, a science versus, as Ellis said, a science versus religion. Yeah. Uh, when it hits this point, Science is kind of out the window now, even for Ichabod. He's kind of gone, uh, I, I can, he's still using his powers of detection to work out who he thinks is controlling the horseman. Yeah. But he's now fully accepted, actually, this is beyond, beyond what science can help me with. You know, a mix of science and religion in reality. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you, you get the horseman rides into the town um, and Ichabod chases after it. Um, Brom tries to stop the horseman leaving because the horseman goes into a house where he kills a husband and wife and a small child. Yes. Um, I was I was going to ask, does he kill the kid? Because it's in yes. the Yeah, so when he's coming out, he's putting the head of the child into the bag. Yeah, that's brutal as fuck, man. Yeah. Really, really brutal. <laughs> um, and, and if this wasn't a Tim Burton movie, if this didn't have that Tim Burton veneer to it, this would be a horrific scene. If this had a I don't know if there's an Ari Aster oh God. feel to this. This would be a completely different movie. Ari um, Aster did behead a child. Yes, he did. I forgot about that. Yes, he did, yeah. <laughs> um, Brom tries to stop the horseman. Uh, then Ichabod jumps in and does the worst campy fighting to try and stop the horseman as well. Um, again, Johnny Depp's acting in this is fantastic. He's yeah. It's clear he's not a fighter but he sees that Brom is in trouble and kind of jumps in and sort of tries to do something, even though he knows he can't help. Yeah, um, I mean, Brom's a bit of an idiot, though, isn't he? Because he, Ichabod clearly explains to him, look, this, this is a point where he's like, he, he's after a target, and that is it. He doesn't, yeah. he's not just willfully killing. He, he has a target. And Brom tries to stop him numerous times, to which point the horseman just sort of shoves him aside as if said, no, not today kind of thing. Um, yeah, he keeps pursuing him for some strange reason. Like, it's not going to end well for this guy. And, and no. he tries to explain that to him. Yeah, and the, there's a point that even though the horseman has no head, there's a point you can see the horseman go, oh, for fuck's sake. And he yeah. turns, <laughs> turns around and kills him. Um, Ichabod gets injured, um, but thanks to a nice. spell from Katrina, he's, um, he's okay. As he's resting, uh, we get another flashback to his childhood. Uh, where we see that his mother's locked in this this coffin, which is a, a torture device 
um, and she's being accused of a witch. And you see Ichabod fall back and put his hands on a chair that's got spikes on the arms of the chair. And these are where he got the markings on his hands. Mm. This is where he really starts to everything comes together. So he works out that all of the village elders were in on this secret plot. Yes. So you had the um, the Van Tassel who'd married the widow. Um, her son was going to inherit everything. Um, so she got dead. Uh, the magistrate knew. So he got dead. The notary knew. So he got dead. Uh, and it all leads back to Katrina's dad. Um, he also finds a pentagram under his bed and thinks he's being cursed. That night he sees a lady leaving the house and he assumes it's Katrina and he follows her. Um, but it's not. It's her stepmom, who I have to say is incredibly hot. Yeah, I wouldn't say no. No. <laughs> um, he catches her sleeping with a vicar um, and cutting her hand and rubbing black, uh, black blood all over his back. Returning home, he sees evidence is gone that he'd hidden in his drawer um, and he knows it's Katrina and Katrina has burnt that evidence. He bumps into Katrina's mum the following morning um, and she's like, you haven't asked me how I hurt my hand. He's like, I, I, I hadn't noticed. And again, this is this... <laughs> awkward uncomfortable acting that he does so well um and she's like i know you saw me and just don't tell my husband to which the husband walks in and he kind of does this weird awkward turn and doesn't know where to go and, and leaves mm. <laughs> that night there's a town meeting being called um everyone wants ichabod to go um and instead of all of the town just attending the horseman attends as well um, he can't get in because it's holy ground this is the best kill in this movie by a country mile. This is the best scene in this entire movie by a country mile. It's <laughs> yeah. so well done. So well done. It's uh, a church scene, you mean? You mean yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the church scene. It's it's fantastic. It's uh, a guy gets killed with a bit of cross. Another one gets a fence through his heart, a part of a fence, and it's lots of yeah. stuff going around uh, happening. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like the way that that Igabat realizes that the horseman can't cross onto holy ground, and he's again, once again, trying to reassure everybody: relax, calm down. This is all right. You can't come in, and of course, chaos ensues. Everyone starts panicking, and we have who is it that gets? I can't remember who it is who gets killed here. By it's me. Katrina's dad gets killed. With yeah, the... before that. Uh, I don't know who they. They're part of the elders, aren't they? They're the final two. Remember? Yeah, the guy that gets the cross in his head. That's the is that the priest? That's the priest who slept with Katrina's stepmom. Yeah, yeah. Jesus so. to that death. One yeah. of them gets shot by Katrina's dad, and then he has a meltdown because the villagers all turn on him, and he runs up to the upper podium. Yeah, and, and then the him. the horseman throws a a part of a fence post attached to a rope through the window, and effectively hooks him through the window, drags him out to the fence, and so just his head pops out the fence. That's and what then, I thought was really clever. The way that it was just his head got past the boundary line. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and he, ta he takes his head. For um, a guy without the head, he sure uses it. He does. <laughs> He's incredibly intelligent with no head. <laughs> um, Why this is all going on, Katrina has drawn a pentagram on the, the church floor. Ichabod at this point is like, oh, you're controlling the horseman. And he basically doesn't want to pursue it any further. So he packs up all his stuff and decides to leave Sleepy Hollow. As he's driving down the road, he then pieces it together and goes, no, it's not Katrina. It's her stepmom. And he spins the carriage round and, and comes flying back into town. By this point, Katrina's stepmom has taken Katrina up to the, the windmill um, and she's, caught, she's summoned the horseman again. Um, there's one bit I don't like here. Um, you get almost a full expedition dump of yes. the full back plot that's led to this. So you... You kind of get what's happened explained to you yeah. as if you were explaining it to a child. It's as big as a dump that uh, that Johnny Depp found in his bed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was vital, though. I'll be honest. I do think it was vital. I mean, of it course, is. everything is sort of... It's a very, very convoluted plot. There's a lot going on and there's a lot of finger-pointing and second-guessing. And I feel like this is very definitive of what's happened and why it's happened. And she explains, obviously, that... She was a girl in the woods, and when her parents died, or something like that, then because they're the Archer family, aren't they? It turns yeah. out to be. And yeah, it turns so out that her dad had basically, not, not her dad, Katrina's dad had basically shunned them and taken over the entire estate. Yeah, yeah. so you had the, the two girls in the, the woods at the beginning who meet uh, the headless horseman before he was the horseman. You meet yes, Christopher yes, Walken, yes. 
Um, one of those was the witch who lived in the, the woods, and the other one was uh, Katrina's stepmom. Katrina's stepmom has now killed the witch, so she is literally the only person who can inherit the entire fortune now, apart from Katrina. Um, so she summoned the horseman. The horseman arrives and he walks past Katrina's mum, who's holding the skull behind her back. At this point, I went, oh, come on. Come yeah, on, you'd horseman. figure he'd be able to sense it, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah. um, but he goes into the, the windmill. Uh, and then for one scene only, Michael Bay took over directing of Sleepy Hollow as that windmill exploded like an action movie. Yeah, it was cool though. I liked it. Really cool. <laughs> but, but that exp- exposition dump is it's really necessary for this type of story because every crime story has the dump at the end. Just it, it's part of the final. Yeah. So. Yeah, and if anything, I would say that this dumps a little bit earlier than the most. So it's not a this isn't the closing scenes as you're realizing everything. This is you've still got a good. 20 minutes left at this yeah. point. So you get the yeah. expedition dump, then you get the horsemen chase them through the windmill, which is a really cool scene. You get the yeah. windmill explode, which I don't know what the fuck they were keeping in that windmill, but my God. Uh, no, it's, uh, it's flour. It's flour. Flour is uh, combustible. If, oh. is it? Yeah, wow. if uh, that that is... Uh, I'm, I'm, I could be wrong, but um, um, windmills were fire hazardous because of the flour. I don't know if it was possible for it to explode, but I think that possibility exists. I could be wrong. That's cool. If, yeah. it, can, if it can explode, that's really cool. Uh, one thing I just want to touch on as well is you say that this feels like the end, the way the expedition dump happens and then you have the explosion. I feel at this point, I even wrote in my notes, like I'm very grateful that this didn't wrap up here because I feel like it could have done. I feel like they could have ended with the horseman dying in the windmill him chasing after him and reburying the head and arresting xyz but it doesn't you do have quite a lengthy period of time still to go which was which i'm very grateful for at this point because i would have been yeah, very you do. dissatisfied so by it they they leave and they leave at, at high speed taking the, the horseman's head uh, and they're off to to rebury the head they get there and long and short of it they bury the head without too much aggro you get the you get the really cool uh it's like a car chase scene but Again, this is like a it's like a scene from the Fast and the Furious, but on carriages with a headless horseman. It's very yeah. good. Even though he doesn't have head, yeah. his family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, they bury the horseman's head. The horseman rises now as a full man, and he's back in, as Christopher Walken. Um, Walker mode. <laughs> uh, he grabs Katrina's uh, stepmom. And gives her gives her a wonderful kiss with his sharpened pointy teeth that cuts all of her mouth, um, and then he rides into the tree and back to hell. Um, we get one final scene as Katrina, young Masbeth, and Ichabod arrive back in New York, not in London, as it says in my notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and they London live ha- New York. Yeah, <laughs> and they live happily ever after. <laughs> that- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I have got some issues with this, but we'll we'll talk about them in a bit. First of all, let's do... You get do... the Tim Burton snow. Oh, you do get the Tim Burton snow and lots of it. I forgot yes. about that in New York. And that is something that Tim Burton does better than anyone. I don't care what anyone says. Tim Burton snow, this, Edward Scissorhands, uh, Sweeney Todd. In a movie that snows, Tim Burton is king. Even better than Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Sorry, Mark. <laughs> Into three word reviews. We wanted them. You delivered them. It's this week's three word reviews from the listeners. So this week we've got Genbug 1982, uh, best movie ever. Uh, we've got Nightmare on Woodsboro Lake, uh, a classic masterpiece. Uh, the Plagueis, Depp, Ricky, Walken. Uh, SMK 935, Christopher Lee cameo. And Office of Pop Culture, which surprised me, tired and empty. Mm-hmm. Um, so a little bit about our three word reviews. You've got Genbug 1982 is a mixed fandom account. Uh, so is SMK 935. Uh, Nightmare on Woodsboro Lake is a former guest on the show, so you all know who, who Josh is. He's a great guy, brilliant account, great YouTube. Um, him and The Plagueis are both horror accounts, and Office of Pop Culture is a pop culture movie account. 
Um, before we go into facts, Mark, it's time for you possibly to get a little bit excited. Someone rang in for H4. Someone has rung into the show. I don't know whether they're rung in for H4, but they've rung into the show. <laughs> uh, would you like me to play the message we have had into the show? Yes, please. Let's, let's do it. Come on. Here we okay. go. This could be it. Hey, Scott. Lady Crisis here. Just wanted to let you know how much I love the Freddy versus Jason episode. You know, I'm 100% on your side when it comes to the 8 out of 10. Uh, but no, I just wanted to say... There's a question on Broken Spirit where you asked about a, uh, a TV series that features uh, horror movies in it. And I honestly thought the answer was going to be Rick and Morty. I'm not sure if you've watched Rick and Morty, but there's a couple episodes. One where they feature um, a spoof on Freddy where it's called Scary Larry. <laughs> and then there's another episode where they uh, they do like a whole thing on pain is pleasure with hellraiser fucking hilarious but yeah the answer was stranger things which was my second guess but yes you have to check out those rick and morty episodes anyways love the episode bye what you thought for you thought for a second that she was going to say do h4 100 (laughs) percent what is she doing (laughs) she she's saying that we've done a wonderful episode and that she had a closer guess than you uh (laughs) <laughs> that question. Uh, what a wasted opportunity from Lady Crisis. But uh, I do agree. Yes, the Rick and Morty stuff on horror is incredible, and I have seen it all. It's outstanding. Yeah. And now we talk about this question again. Now I'm so pissed off. I didn't get Stranger Things. I should have known it was a Stranger Things. Yeah, I mean Str- Stranger Things just oh, so many references and that, and I can't wait for Endless. for season four. Uh, yes. Season four's looks from what I've seen looks brilliant. Yeah. Robert England now. You know, not long to go. Uh, Robert England back in full prosthetics like Freddy, um, but he can't do Freddy because it's too much prosthetics. Anyway, that's my dig at <laughs> Robert <Well>, England. <laughs> it technically, it's not as much prosthetics as Freddy because Freddy is a full face prosthetics. And yeah, this is just his eyes, isn't it? This is just his eyes. Yeah, yeah, and he looks really cool in this. I think he's going to be a very, very cool character for for Stranger Things. Do we know much about his character? Is he good, bad, or anything in it? Is it? It's just a image on the teaser trailer really isn't it at the moment uh, from what i can understand is he is an earlier version of 11 right okay cool fascinating mm, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that um into this week's facts it's time to find out what you know about this movie and what we know it's facts uh, Johnny Depp adopted Goldeneye, uh, the horse who played uh, Gunpowder in the movie. Um, when he heard he was going to be put down after filming, he, um, he adopted him and took him home, um, showing what a truly kind man Johnny Depp is. Mm. Um, it was only after being cast as the headless horseman that Christopher Walken admitted to Tim Burton that he didn't know how to ride a horse. Um, and all the way through his casting, he had just avoided the question. <laughs> That's really cool. Uh, awesome. To be fair, though, does, does Christopher Walken play the horseman throughout? No, he doesn't play it throughout, but he does play it for some scenes, and he did have a lot of horse riding, which he was told in his auditions, and he kind of just skirted over it. Right. <laughs> uh, I love the fact that a huge actor's going for an audition, and he's lying to make sure... He's not lying, he's just avoiding a question to make sure he gets the part. Yeah. And then once he's got it, he goes, by the way... I can't ride a horse. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The cast and crew often referred to walking around the sets of Sleepy Hollow, uh, particularly the the main town, uh, as they thought it would be like walking around Tim Burton's head because they had the dry ice and a lot of the other effects were going all the time to Mm. keep the cast in character, which I think is wonderful. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Um, the Western Wood, I think this is amazing. The Western Wood is entirely built on a soundstage. Uh, everything, including the light and the weather, could be controlled. They could do rain, they could do snow, they could do strong winds, and they could do lightning and, th- lightning and thunder. Awesome. Um, this movie features three actors who played Sith Lords in Star Wars. Uh, so you had Ray Park, who played Darth Maul, uh, Christopher, Sir Christopher Lee, who played Darth Tyrannus, and Ian McDermott, who played Darth Sidious. 
Um, you don't see Park's face in this, but he that's was right. the stunt fun. double for the Headless Horseman. That's the stunt double for the fight scene. It was like, I was thinking, like, who was that guy for the fight scenes? Like, yeah. yeah, it was that guy. Yeah, it was. Um, and then you also had another stunt double called Rob Inch, um, who was another stunt double for the Horseman. Um, and he doubled as Jedi Knights um, in Star Wars Episode One. Yeah, so, it's it's because it's shot in Brit- Britain and yeah. in Great Britain, and the stunt crews in Britain they're like, as I understand, one big family, and they all kind of do like all the stuff. That's why you get like the same stuntmen, the stuntmen that played the Nazis in. Uh, Indiana Jones in the Sith, the Jedi Knights and Star Wars, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so, so, and and even some of the Cinemorphs and Aliens, all that stuff. It's just the same big crew. Yeah. So my understanding of when you film in certain studios in the UK, the UK kind of go, well, okay, well, as you're filming here, here's our stuntmen, here's our camera crew, here's our here's our yeah. this, here's our that. You use all of that as you're using our studio, which a great way to guarantee work for your for your team. That is a wonderful way to do it. Um, final fact for this yeah. one. Uh, in the movie, Katrina plays a witch who can summon spirits, where I play a podcast host who can break them. I told you, I want to play a game. They will say that I have shed innocent blood. The power of Christ compelled you! What have you done to its eyes? Well, it's elevated horror. You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's entitled to one good scare. You're going to like it. I'm Chucky, and I'm your friend to the end. How was that the slaughterhouse? All right, you primitive screwhead, listen up. Oh, I know this money, fuck. So, this week on Broken Spirit, uh, Ellis is going to try and catch Robbie Horror and take the, the top spot. Uh, the rules are really simple. There's 15 multiple choice. No, there's not multiple choice. There's 15 questions. Uh, there's no help or assistance in any way. Uh, 10 points per question. Uh, the idea is to get as far through as you can. Uh, if you get one wrong, you lose all your points and you finish on zero, like Mark has twice. Intentionally. Intentionally, <laughs> Intentionally, yes, to make everyone else feel better. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. Yeah, you're a hero. We, we, you, <laughs> yeah. You're the hero this podcast needs. Well, someone's got to do it, aren't they? Yeah, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, Ellis, are you ready to take on Broken Spirit? Yes, I am. I don't know if my internet connection is, but I am. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Um, Question number... Oh, no, before we do that, um, do you want me to quiz you, or do you want Mark to quiz you, or do you want us to take turns? Take turns. Take turns. Okay, I'm going to go first. So, question number one. Name another Tim Burton movie starring Johnny Depp. Uh, Sweeney Todd. Fantastic, yes. Correct, 10 points. Uh, you could have also had Dark Shadows, Edward, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Edward Scissorhands, Alice in Wonderland, The Corpse Bride, Alice Through the Looking, Gla- through the Looking Glass, and finally, Johnny Depp, King of Cult. So, so um, pretty much all of his films. Yeah. <laughs> okay, over, to you, over to you for question two, Mark. Uh, question number two. Where is the movie Midsommar set? Uh, it's set in uh, northern Sweden, uh, the region of Jämtland, I think, uh, is the region that is set. It's I would, just accepted, I would have just accepted Sweden, so yeah, number 10 points, well done. That's correct, right. Uh, so don't forget you can walk away at any time and take your points, or you can keep playing and, and go all the way to 15. Uh, right. Question number three. Uh, Christina Ricci made her horror debut in what R-rated movie? Oh, uh, Christina Ricci. Mm, an R-rated movie. Good question. I have no idea. So you could walk away with your 20 points and tie the leaderboard, or you could take a guess. Uh, I have zero clue. I have... Honestly, no idea what to guess either. So, I, I, exactly I can, what happens I, if I walk I, away? Yeah, um, I can. Get, so, if you walk away, you you leave with twenty points, and that's the quiz over. Okay. Um, if you carry on, you take a guess and you get it right. We keep going. Uh, if you get it wrong, you get no points. I can guarantee a hundred percent you have seen this movie. I can guarantee that too. The problem is I don't have a good mental image. I don't have. Like a good mental image of a filmography, that's the problem. 
Uh, uh, shoot. There's no shame in walking away and tying the leaderboard, tying first place. All right, then I walk away. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, so you've, you've walked away, you've tied the, the leaderboard. Do you want to know what the answer was? Yes. Sleepy Hollow. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> she, yeah, she, Christina Ricky, her first R-rated movie was Sleepy Hollow. Um, she'd done, obviously, The Addams Family before, but that wasn't R-rated. Um, she's not actually done a lot of horror movies on her back catalogue. There's not oh. a lot in there at all. Um, she's an incredible actress, but she doesn't dip into horror very often. She does have one coming out in the next few months called Monster or Monstrous, I believe. Yes. Um, coming out this year. So Yeah, late, later this year. I, I don't yeah. know when that's coming out, but I'm sure we will stick it in a poll at some point. We'll try our best, yeah. Yeah. Ellis, a Swedish horror nerd. 20 points. Tied first place. Um, right. Scores from the listeners this week. They have scored this an 8 out of 10. Seems very appropriate for this movie. I, I enjoy this movie. As I've said throughout the episode, I am a huge Tim Burton fan. Um, personally, I don't think Sleepy Hollow is his best work. No. I don't necessarily think it's Johnny Depp's best work either. Um, there's a lot of dumping information on the viewers throughout the movie. There's lots of bits where Johnny Depp's character will pretty much give you a a rundown of how he's reached the point he has. But as a viewer, I think I was already at that point anyway, most of the time. Um, so I think they could have been cut back. Um, yeah. That being said, I do love the aesthetic for this movie. Yeah. Um, the performances are incredible. The cast is out of this world exceptional. Um, there's excellent practical effects, um, really good CGI that still holds up. Um, Every year at Halloween, I watch this movie without fail. The fact I've watched it now will not change the fact that this will get watched again in October in the run up to Halloween. Yeah, um, this movie's not perfect, um, but it's a well-deserved eight out of ten from me. Yeah, I mean, I love everything about this film. I think the casting is outstanding. The set design is incredible. The score is incredibly beautifully haunting. The story and the pacing as it develops throughout, I think, is perfect. And, and I know this is going to be a very, very controversial statement, but this is my favourite Tim Burton film. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, and I always rank rate my films based on my enjoyment, my experience, my rewatchability of them. And I know this is going to be another controversial thing, but this gets a perfect score for me. It's a five out of five. No, I don't hold that against you at all. It's... Yeah, it's a great movie. I say I pick flaws in it, and the flaws I've picked are the things you like. So, yeah, <laughs> we can't I, just, I just don't think it misses a step the whole way through for me. I think it, it, I just think it is a perfectly, perfectly done film. I, it is a really good movie. It's it's not my favorite. It's, it's among my favorites. Uh, I mean, it's for me. It's always hard to pick a favorite. Is it? And. Um, it's it's definitely between this one. It, it might be my favorite one to think about, it, but I don't know. It's definitely between this one, Scissor Hands, Batman. Uh, well, all, almost all of yeah, <laughs> all of Tim Burton movies. Uh, I mean, I love them all, either for highly nostalgic reasons or just because they're great movies. Uh, so yeah, but I, I really like it. It's it's a really uh, fascinating twist on this story. Yeah, it's because the original story is nothing like this. Uh, it's it's a uh, it's an interesting it's interesting to take a, a this type of classical story and turn it into something that it wasn't from the beginning, and and run with that and just turn it on its head to completely twist the story, um, and make it work as well as it does. That's actually really good because even if you haven't read the original source material um it, uh, the type of case where you twist uh, the original source material to fit your vision usually comes off as very weird and here it doesn't so that alone is high praise for this movie and it's just i love atmosphere and this atmosphere is so cool yeah uh, if you were going to score it what would you score it nine out of ten 
Yeah, it, it, it's a good movie. And out of curiosity, if anyone is interested, my favourite Tim Burton movies go Beetlejuice, number one. I absolutely love that movie. I can't pick fault. In fact, I can pick fault in it, but I brush. That's the one that gets so many passes for me. I love that movie. Uh, number two is A Nightmare Before Christmas because it's just so well done, so well conceived, such a clever idea and... <laughs> An entire movie of stop animation that I hate. It's, uh, I, was say. <laughs> I, I detest stop animation, but that movie does it so well and it fits though, so perfectly. It's, even though he didn't direct that one or write no, it. No, no, he didn't. That, that, it doesn't matter. It's got Tim Burton stamp on it. It feels Tim Burton. It does, it does. Uh, and my number three is Batman. Uh, nah. his, his take on Batman, I, I, I still love. And I'll still argue till the death that Michael Keaton is Batman. No, no one else yeah. is Batman. It's Michael Keaton. Agreed. Um, next week, we are getting back in the water for the fourth time in a franchise, as you all picked Jaws the Revenge for us to watch. Uh, we're going to be joined by the talented and hilarious Spaceman of the Doll podcast. Um, as I, I, I feel, and I know Mark feels, that for the fourth instalment of a movie, uh, there needs to be four of us to discuss it and properly give this movie the the justice that it deserves um it's yours the revenge come on people you know what you're getting next week uh ellis thank you so much for coming on the show happy to be here um your website everyone must go and go and look it's, at your website swedishner.com yeah website name and they need to go and follow you on instagram which you are you are a swedish horror nerd on there a swedish you? horror nerd yes yeah, and where else are you that people can go and follow you as well? Uh, where I post regularly, like that's the only two. That's the only two ones. Uh, as I said before, I had Twitch, I had YouTube. You can look up the old stuff, it's still there. I um, haven't posted in a while, but you can definitely look up the older stuff that I have there. Uh, I think that's that's about it, yeah. yeah. And also a TikTok. Completely forgot about TikTok. I do oh, TikTok. you're on TikTok? Uh, I'm yes. on TikTok. Uh, I do TikTok videos together with uh, Jack Barry from Manchester. Uh, I I write them and he edits and narrates them. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, what are you on TikTok? Uh, that's also a Swedish horror nerd. Okay. So everyone go and follow a Swedish horror nerd on TikTok and on Instagram. And go and follow SwedishNerd.com. SwedishNerd.com. So that, that's all your homework for this week. Um, thank you very much for listening. Um, without you, this is just me and Mark and whoever we've got as a guest talking to nobody. So thank you so much for, for making the numbers go up every single week. Um, please give us reviews because we got these two reviews that I read this week and I wanted to explain to you what that does for the show. Um, so we took a spike in three hours after getting those reviews of 400 listens from those two reviews because we jumped higher up the Apple podcast charts. That makes a huge difference to this show, like you would yeah. not believe. Um, so if you can give us a review, if you've got an Apple device in your hand now, review us. Um, if your wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, nan, I don't care who, is sat next to you and they have an Apple device, use their device too. Give us two. I don't mind that. Um, thank you so much for listening. And well, I guess we'll catch you next week. Yeah. See you next week. See you. You want to die tonight? Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the You Run Podcast. Don't forget, to get involved in the show, all you need to do is head to our website, yourunpodcast.com. This is not our show. This is your show.